Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in, everybody. Warchant.com and Warchant TV. I'm Jeff Cameron. There you see the boys. That's Ira and Corey. Also, of course, legendary figures at Warchant.com and Warchant TV. Like and subscribe, as always. Hey, listen, we're doing position segment features all throughout as we build up towards spring football. You're not going to want to miss any of those. So like and subscribe so that you get alerted to when the next one comes up, like this one where we have I don't know. I think it's going to be a mild debate. I don't even think it's going to be much of a de- debate. We're in a little bit more agreement than people realize, but we'll get to that. And there you see the question down along the bottom. Is Mike Norvell smart to go all in with Jordan Travis in 2022? Because that's exactly what he's done. And uh, short of bringing somebody in, certainly after spring football practice right now, you're probably not real comfortable with the depth chart. So Jordan Travis is going to have to be the guy. They're counting on him to be the guy. That poll question is out there. If you go on the message board, you can see how people have voted up to this point. Uh, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to answer those questions. Ira, I want to start with you. Uh, let's go with uh, your sage advice and wisdom. Uh, you know, the gray fox is going to lead the way here uh, this afternoon on War Chant TV. I know that you the and gray Corey, fox, not the silver fox. The I, gray well, fox. I think I, I think I prefer silver, honestly. <laughs> I like silver fox, too. But um, OK, gray fox. tell us why it is that you agree with the people out there that uh hey look mike norvell's doing the right thing anting up chips all in on jordan travis all right well shiny monkeys um i uh (laughs) i personally now i you know i think it's a weird you know again man we we have to put a uh, catchy thumbnail on these videos to get people to watch them uh so I, i appreciate the effort there where we're saying that he's going all in with Jordan Travis to a degree, I think that that's accurate. Um, but I also don't think it's, it's necessarily um, that he eschewed the idea of even considering anybody else for this job. I mean, I think everybody kind of considers this an all or nothing proposition, like because Mike Norvell didn't bring in somebody uh, before the spring, that that means he thinks that they're perfectly fine in the quarterback room. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think he probably would like to bring somebody else in. Maybe he'll bring somebody in after the spring, I do think that there was a fine line between what was a smart person to bring in, what was a, a smart level of player to bring in. I mean, if you if you could have gotten, um, you know, the one of the best quarterbacks in the country, then I think Mike Norvell probably would have done it. But if you were just going to bring in somebody else who is going to be similar to Jordan Travis in terms of experience and talent level, then that might have been subtraction by addition. It might have hurt you because – uh, of the impact it might have had on Jordan Travis. So I think he's played it pretty well. Uh, 
but I don't know that I would say he didn't consider anybody else. I just don't think there was anybody else that made sense to bring in that might've, you know, kind of upset the apple cart with Jordan Travis. That's, that's kind of my two cents. Yeah, I'm with you on the sense that if unless you can get somebody who's appreciably better than Jordan Travis, they're going to say yes to your offer to come in as a transfer and likely start. And you know for a fact their skill set exceeds that currently of what Jordan Travis has provided you. You really it doesn't do you any good to bring somebody along the similar lines because you're not invested in them. And Jordan Travis would see it as yet another slight to his abilities. And then he'd leave and you're left with Tate Rodemaker and a freshman and Gino English. No offense, Gino. So, you know, that that would be a tough you know, I think a tough thing to handle, and certainly you'd set the room back a little bit. Corey, it is hard to believe, by the way, and, and this is where I give Jordan Travis credit because I think he does have, for all my criticisms of him as a pocket passer or a guy that needs to do a better job of getting to his second and third read and throwing the ball from the pocket more accurately – it's hard to believe he's only started 22 games. He's been here seemingly forever, and we know what the numbers are, but it's not a ton of starts. And he certainly has had very few starts with what's going to be a better offensive line this year, and we know that, as well as providing him some weapons to throw to to win some one-on-ones so he can get through a progression. I don't does know where have, you're getting your numbers from, I was going to say, he has he not 20, started 22 games. 20, he started 20, about 12. Well, um, he's been here for 22 games. Sorry. Okay, you're yeah. right. He's only started. Uh, you're correct. Sorry. So oh, last year, long. last year he started eight, I think, including the Notre Dame game. And the last correct. seven, he went five and two. He doesn't have a ton of starting experience, um, and he's still got two years to go. You know, last year at the end of last season, you know, his last three games were the only three games of his career he's thrown for over 200 yards. But he did it in all three games, and they were Miami at BC and Florida, and at Florida, and he totaled, and I think he averaged like 305 yards of total offense in those games in seven or eight touchdowns. He was a good quarterback at the end of last season. Uh, not a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback. And he also had two game-winning drives last year. I think Florida State fans are okay with that Jordan Travis. If that Jordan Travis shows up, maybe gets a, a little bit better in 2022, I think they're all okay with that. Like, all right, we can live with this. This is a guy that can win some games. The problem is, and you talked about the transfer portal, what if my man gets banged up? What if he has to leave for a half? or two games, or a month, or a season, you're not going to have anybody behind him but a true freshman and Tate Rodemaker? That's the situation the depth chart is in. I think that's – when we talk about the portal, it's not just coming getting somebody to unseat Jordan Travis It's get, or compete with him. It's somebody to unseat Tate Rodemaker to make sure that Tate Rodemaker or A.J. Duffy isn't your backup quarterback. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue a lot of Florida State fans have if you don't go find somebody after spring practice. I did mention the depth chart and the problems right. that that uh, presents. And, and I do think they will go get somebody post spring, but I think to Ira's point, you know, unless you were getting a bona fide starter, or as I alluded to somebody appreciably better than Jordan Travis, there was no reason to get anybody to bring in here because you're probably planning on bringing somebody in for the fall to be the backup in case Jordan Travis goes down. Yeah. And I think, I think if you, if you look at it from the big picture standpoint, some people are going to listen to this and feel like, listen, you know, it's it's the coach's job because coaches have said this since the beginning of time. It's my job to recruit over you. It's my job to bring in somebody that's as good or better than you. And it's your job to beat them out. And that's fine. That's all understandable. We, we're not saying that Jordan Travis shouldn't want to compete. But this would be two years in a row where you went out and got a high profile quarterback. If they went in, got, say, a, a Max Johnson or someone like that to come in and compete with him, you're basically letting him know in this age of the transfer portal that, hey, man, we're not, we don't believe in you. So I think that's something you have to be concerned about. It's not saying that Jordan Travis wouldn't compete, 
It's not saying they don't want him to have to compete, but there you do have to recognize that there's repercussions possibly for that kind of decision. Um, I do think they'll bring in somebody else, but I also think, man, they may think more highly of AJ Duffy than we think. That's one. And second of all, I'm not, you know, we've had this conversation for the last six months. I'm not as convinced that Tate Rodemaker's a bust as, as maybe some people are. I think he's a guy that may, I, I saw him get better as last season of practice went on. I thought he looked more comfortable when he did get in briefly last season. Um, I don't know that the door is shut on Tate Rodemaker as a backup quarterback. And I think they may think better of AJ than we thought. So, so we'll see. I do think they're going to get another transfer um, if they can after the spring, but I don't know that it's as dire as maybe some people like Corey might have presented it just there. Don't you think the spring, though, is the key? Like, they'll know at the end of the Garnet Gold game, by God, we got to go get somebody else. We can't – or we feel pretty good with these three guys. You know, we don't need to go get somebody else because if he goes down, we like what we have here. I think – don't you think this next month coming up will be huge in, in both those quarterbacks' careers? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I agree with that, and I assume Jeff does too. I mean, yeah, that that would make sense because if if – if those guys make if, – if A.J. Duffy is a guy that is a true freshman, looks comfortable, and I'll tell you what, man, what he did at the Under Armour game was impressive that week of practice because he was not one of the highest-rated guys at that practice, at those practices, and there were a bunch of college you know, scouts there. Uh, everybody's watching those Under Armour practices, and he, by all accounts, every recruiting service you, you went to to watch, whether it was Rivals or any of the other ones, they all said he was the best quarterback during that whole week. That says a lot about his confidence. If he's a guy that can really step up and be a viable backup as a freshman, which we've all seen, freshmen can play. It's not against the rules. And if Tate Rodemaker makes another step, then yeah. If you're Mike Norvell, maybe you say, I don't need to bring in somebody else. And, and then you can use that scholarship on something else. So, so that would make sense. Yeah, best case scenario there. And we're all rooting for that. And oh, by the way, to put a ribbon on this, I don't think Jordan, I don't think it's a situation where you can't win with Jordan Travis. I just need him to take that big step forward. We all now think that he's possibly going to do so because they gave him weapons, because the offensive line is going to be better. This spring is going to be infinitely fascinating as we watch the receivers that were brought in. We already know one of them is ready made. He's a guy that had success at the power five level, was targeted over 80 times, had over 60 catches. He's done that. The rest of these guys still have something to prove. We like their ability, but we do think there's an upside to them. This spring will be fascinating. If Jordan has real weapons to throw and more time to do it, I do think he becomes a better player than we've seen up to this point because we have seen him get better. I've been critical at times because I think he locks in. He's a one receiver read guy. But then again, I know what the counter to that is. Well, Jeff, he doesn't have time to find his second or his third. And the reason he runs so often is because he has to, or else he's going to get killed. So I get all of that. And I do think he will be better. The question is how much better will he be? Because Florida state's always going to face two or three teams that have the requisite skill at linebacker and safety to spy him and make him throw from the pocket. And can he take that leap to where they can win games if that happens? The answer up to this point has been no. It hasn't just been because he can't. It's also the other people around him that weren't good enough to get open against the better defenses. It'll be interesting with him, too, because this is the first time he hasn't really – I mean, I guess he's competing, but he's not really competing for a starting spot. He is the starter. He carries himself like the starter. He thinks he's the starter. He feels confident in himself. I think those last three games, even the loss at Florida, where he did he didn't play appreciable, he didn't play that well. Uh, but he was also knocked out, of course, for for a couple big series in that game. He did finish it with two touchdowns. But uh, but but I think those last three games, Miami at BC and Florida, it just the, the overall five and two in his last seven starts should in the two losses were at Clemson and at Florida. I think should give him a an air of confidence that you need. I just think he's gonna. 
he he now believes he's a starting quarterback. He believes he's good enough to be a quarterback at this level. He's proven it to himself. And I just think, you know, last year against Notre Dame, when he started out, he was skittish. You could, t- I felt like you could kind of tell, okay, maybe I do- maybe I am a runner. I'm not as good a passer as I want to. But I, I just think he kind of grew up and matured those last the last month of that season. And it'll be interesting to see if he can carry, uh, you know, carry that to something even better this season because he needs to. Last season was fine. It wasn't good enough to be an eight or nine win team uh, in 2022, though. And one thing I want to follow up on to Jeff's point, you know, Clemson, the way that Clemson basically shadowed him, they basically took two guys to shadow him and make sure he didn't like if, if you're if you have the balance that they might have with improved wide receivers and a better offensive line, then now defenses have to be a little bit more honest, which could open up more running game for Jordan Travis as well. What did the tribal council have to say, Jeff? What did uh, what do our members have to say about this? Uh, well, if topic? you look here on the screen, it'll pop right up there. Ira, I was ready for your question. You'll see there that uh, they believe that uh, it will be okay if he adds a transfer slash backup after spring. Can't bank on Travis's health for 12 games. And I understand why that would lead the way in the voting. By the way, Jordan Travis missing games hasn't always been about getting hurt in a game. Sometimes in the preparation leading up to games, there's been illness or whatever there might be that has also caused him problems. And so a lot of times I think when we're referencing Jordan Travis's availability, it isn't specific to a guy who gets hurt on the field every time. There are other reasons. And so I do think you have to have a viable backup. I think at the end of the day, one thing shines through in our conversation here is we all think Jordan Travis is going to get better that they went out and got requisite weapons, that they've given him a better chance to get better. He'll have more confidence based on how he played over the last seven games. It's just how much better can he be? Can we see that huge step forward that actually allows Florida State to win the aforementioned eight, nine, God forbid, 10 games, something like that? Because if not, they're going to be a team that fights to win six or seven games. And we all know, especially this year, that won't be acceptable. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious that. Yeah, the only thing I would just say is to add on to what Corey was saying earlier about Jordan, the confidence level he has now and the confidence level he has that knowing everybody's behind him. That You know, you talk about that Notre Dame game. I think part of the problem with him being skittish in that game was he knew that all the talk all preseason was about Mackenzie Milton and all the hype and ESPN and everybody was interested in Mackenzie Milton. Then Mackenzie comes in and has that drive or two, and all of a sudden it becomes this game, you know, game days coming out to do profiles of Mackenzie Milton, follow him around campus and workouts. That's hard for a kid like Jordan Travis to know that everybody wants that guy. And then he gets booed when he comes in against Jacksonville state. So, so to your point, man, I think him, it will be neat to see how he handles going into a season, not salvaging a season, which he's done the last two years, but going into a season, knowing that he's the guy, it could mean a big deal for him. If he can throw in rhythm and from the pocket to go along with that dynamic skill set as a runner when he gets outside the pocket, he, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. One of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Of all time. It, yeah. I'm glad you got it in, Corey. I'm glad you got it in. Uh but if he can't, then Florida State is stuck uh, right there middling again, and, and that, then you'll see the backlash and the frustration, and we, we all know that. I think it's a pretty straightforward look coming into spring. Uh, we know what we're looking to see. We know what we're excited to see. I think everybody will be watching very, very closely because the season depends on it. Clearly, his head coach is uh, all in on Jordan Travis, so he'll be watching very closely as well. Should be an exciting time. Don't forget, we'll be doing position previews uh, in the days and weeks to come. You're going to want that. Uh, check all that out on Warchant.com. Subscribe to Warchant.com, Warchant TV. Make sure you like and subscribe so that you get the latest videos. 
He's Corey Clark and Ira Chaffels alongside. I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for watching. Our thanks to Tom Lang for producing. And our thanks to you guys for being a part of Warchant.com. We'll talk to you again next time. Be good, everybody.